The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. I love mixing it up by betting against the spread, taking the over on Giannis's points every chance I get, and more exclusive bets like the two by three, two threes scored in the first three minutes. Plus FanDuel even lets you combine bets like those for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash blue wire. That's fanduel.com slash blue wire to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Virginia. What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. All right, you guys, welcome back. I am so excited. I have Paul Fishman in the studio today, which is my apartment. So anyways, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to be here. You have a beautiful view. You're, you are beautiful in person and out of person. I don't even know what that means, but like, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, yeah. So for anyone out there listening, this is my very first time recording with a guest actually in person. So it feels like I don't know, really, really exciting. And we just passed our one year anniversary of the pod. Oh so it just feels very fitting to like have my first in studio, in person guest and for that to be you. And I'm so excited for it. I'm pretty sure that like I pressured you to do it in person. <laughs> I, cause you, your assistant reached out and was like, Hey, Paul, Victoria really wants you to be on her show. And I was like, let's do a podcast. I'm going to be in New York and we're going to do it in person and it's just going to happen. And then I was just like, I'm not bringing my equipment. I'm just showing up because mm-hmm. I am the star. Yes, exactly. Obviously. <laughs> um, and so that's actually really exactly what happened. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> um, all right. So for those of you out there who do not know who Paul Fishman is, you are uh, also, I just noticed today, just crossed over 100K followers on TikTok. So he's killing it. But he's also has a great, fo- huge following on Instagram. And he is a self-love expert, relationship coach, expert, um, but really just like the king of the self-love club Mm. is kind of what I gather from Mm. you, from your Instagram and otherwise. Uh, So you help people really like love themselves, but that must have been a journey, I would imagine, on your own to finding self-love within before you were able to kind of give that to other people. So I like to start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I like to start with where it all started. And so for you, you know, sharing that with other people, you know, did you always feel like you were someone who kind of had a good grasp on loving yourself or was that kind of like a real big journey for you? 
Listen, I'm realizing, first of all, thank you so much for that introduction. I loved the the new titles that you gave me because like, I'm like, oh yes, let me try that one. Let me see how that feels. Yeah. I, to this day, struggle with self-love. And really, really, when I started on the path to helping others love themselves, I had probably been on my own self-love journey for maybe a month. And I'm one of those people that's like, okay, I do something once. I can teach people how to do it. It's just part of how I operate. And I can understand, understand things really quickly. In retrospect, not the best thing to do. And we actually see this a lot on the internet and where people commodify their own journeys way before they're ready. Anyone can be an expert. Anyone can be a coach. There's no regulations. And I'm kind of just like calling myself out because I traveled down a really, really, really dark path Mm. uh, around three years into my self-love coaching business. So when I started coaching self-love, I was also a spin instructor, personal trainer, Pilates instructor, nutrition coach. I was doing that whole fitness journey Mm -hmm. game because I had found transformation on the spin bike and then became an instructor. And it married my worlds of I loved to perform. I got my undergraduate degree in songwriting. Like it just like gave me this opportunity to just be the star that I always wanted to be. And in, in like a very controlled environment that I just felt really excited about. Not only that, but I was getting paid to work out, which was like really for me the only way that I felt that I would ever work out is someone's paying me to do this, so I'm going to do it. We're actually very similar. (laughs) (laughs) I love that for us. People are like, just a a quick segue, because like, you know, I work work out for a living and you Mm -hmm. said like you used to as well, but it's like, so people assume like, oh, you work out when you're on vacation. No, I don't. (laughs) Like, I don't want to do that actually. Like, I really just like, if you're making me do it and like, it's my job, then I'm like, hell yeah, I'm all in. Um, But it actually is, it actually is something I really have to like coerce myself to do mm-hmm. other beyond that. So mm-hmm. yeah. No, listen, I get that. I'm and it's it was definitely a journey for me. And then I started falling in love with it. But really one day I was sitting with a personal training client. We were sitting on the floor and she was just like, honey, I don't want to stretch today. I just want to talk. Which is basically like every single one of my clients every single day. They just wanted to talk. And she said to me, you know, Paul, I'm dating this guy. I really like him. I know that if I lose three more pounds, he's going to like me as much as I like him. I know that's all I have to do. And it, and it hit me in that moment. Every single person that I spoke to or was a part of their transformation physically, they were always doing it for external validation. They weren't doing it for themselves. And I think that we really get caught up in this. Like, I'm doing it for the likes on Instagram. I'm doing it for my boss. I'm doing it for my partner. I'm doing it for my parents. Like I went to college because my parents were like, please, we just need you to get a college degree. And I was just like, oh, it's such a waste of my time and life. Still to this day, I kind of feel that way. But really, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have gone to Boston. It doesn't matter. So I realized at that moment that, oh, I have a lot in common with this woman and I want to get to the bottom of this. And at that same point, my body was starting to tell me, yo, dude, like it's time. It's time to transition out of this because you're not going to be able to keep up much longer. I would would just find myself like crying on the floor, like for no reason, just because I was just so tired, but couldn't sleep. And I was just always on. And I loved always being on. I loved being like a local celebrity. I loved being recognized. It kind of fulfilled my desire for fame. And at the same time, it was really, really hard for me. So came out the gate. I was like, okay, I hired this business coach who's total scam artist, but like 
was part of my journey. And I launched my business with his help. And it just took off in a way that I had no, no understanding. And I was making, I made in one month the amount that I made the entire year teaching Pilates. And I was just like, okay, there's something here for me. And in retrospect, like it was such a blessing because it allowed me to step away. I took my business full time in six months and walked away from teaching and walked away from all of that and had amazing opportunities and did a partnership with FabFitFun and created self-love content for all their community and was on Caitlin Bristow's Off the Vine podcast, which gets a million downloads an episode and Skinny Confidential, him and her, and like all these insane shows that really just like put me in as a an authority mm-hmm. in the self-love space when I really wasn't. And I think that I can sit here and say that now because I've been through the journey and I don't know if I could say that I'm an actual authority for self-love for anyone but myself, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we were actually talking about this on on my show with you, how just showing up and being yourself allows people the permission to be themselves as well or to love themselves. So really what I'm leaning into now, four years later, and there's a lot of other things that happened in between that got me to where I am now, is just like, how can I take care of myself today? How can I show up in a way that empowers others to know that it's okay to show up for yourself, take time, have those healthy boundaries, all the things that you, Victoria, do so well. Like, how can I do that in a way that acts as a permission slip for other people? So, you know, for me, the biggest takeaway from this entire journey, because what happened that knocked me off of my self-love high horse was I got very sick. Like my body started when your body, when you hear that like book title, your body keeps the score. Like my body was not functioning well. So what happened was about uh, actually a year ago, I was in North Carolina and I was filming a pilot episode of a reality show that I like had dreamt of. Like I was like, I want to be like the beacon of self-love for the world. And I would, it was kind of like Queer Eye meets Dr. Phil, like okay. where I went to a woman's home and she's a single mom, two kids, 12 and 16 year old. And I spent the entire week with her, helping her kind of bring self-love back into her life through the five pillars that I work with in my programming. And so day one, we were focusing on self-discovery because a lot of us don't even know who we are. Oh, and, and so- Discovering who you are, what you want, what's your why for life, what's your why for work? Like these are questions that a lot of people don't know the answers to. And then we stepped into self-acceptance, self-awareness, self-expression, and self-love. So over the course of five days, I'm helping her expand her world. And at the same time, working with her two children, which was so rewarding, and teaching the family about communication and how to communicate. And it was such a rewarding experience for me. And at that same time, I I had this little rash that started to pop up on my my collarbone. And it looked like um ringworm. And oh. I was like, oh, I just I get ringworm here and there. I'm really sweaty, so whatever. So I was just putting an antifungal on there and it wasn't going away. And then it just exploded on my chest. And then it started it started creeping up my neck where oh my I started goodness. having to wear makeup on my neck. It started exploding 
creeping down my body. It took over my entire body. And that was at the end of March. And then I didn't get a diagnosis until May. But my wow. my entire body was inflamed. I was red, itchy. You I, didn't get a diagnosis because they didn't they couldn't they did, figure they it didn't, out? No, it's very rare. So oh, the, wow. the disease is called pityriasis rubra pilaris. And I'm it's still growing through the disease, but I mean, I'm you should have seen me. I could show you pictures of a year ago where I just like my eyes would get crusted over my entire face. I would wake up dry, crusted with white, flaky skin. So basically in in a nutshell, the disease is uh, your your skin naturally repopulates over twenty eight days. Mm. My skin repopulates over twenty four hours, so it's a it's an immune response to whatever's the disease is telling. It's they don't even know if it's autoimmune or not. That that my skin just like rebirth like births itself and then dies in twenty four hours. So every day I just I'm shedding everywhere. So it's like walking around. Everywhere I go, Richard, my husband, would sing, let it snow, let it snow. And I'm like, this is not helping me. Yeah, so, you're like, this is not funny. But, uh, you know, you just But thank have you to, for making light of yes, it. Yes, we have to laugh about it. But it was – 2021 was the hardest year of my life. Wow. And I did anything and everything that I could to heal. I worked with an herbalist and Western, Eastern medicine. I did it, everything in between. and. I was sitting in a combo ceremony, which is um, an Amazonian tree frog medicine that basically goes into your your system and acts as a sponge to suck up any of the the dark maladies or or disease that you struggle with and you purge it out. So it's not a fun ceremony. It's like throwing up. The, so the, where did you find like? Because you're trying everything. I'm trying, trying everything, life. and and this was something that I'd done before previously when I um because I you know. I'm from Southern California, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're into that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, so I had found a practitioner and he lived close to me and I'd worked with him before. So sitting in the ceremony and he he's also doing theta brainwave healing on me at the same time, which time, which is basically like accessing your subconscious brain so, um, and everything that's like happening in there. So I'm like waiting for the medicine to, to take over my body and it's legal, by the way. It's not an illegal thing. Like you can go and <laughs> do it. Clear. Just to be clear. Like, um, but I mean, what it? It's not psychedelic. It's 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 an, a very intense journey, but it's transformative. It really, I believe, healed me. So he's saying, your body is so angry at you for teaching people how to love themselves because you don't love yourself. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That makes so much sense. It makes the most sense ever. So this was like, after I've been trying for a year to get myself to edit this podcast, um, this um, sure. this pilot to like pitch to networks was after like every single client that I would sign would pay me and then they wouldn't show up for their program. And it was so painful for me because I'm like, my big like childhood traumas about feeling valued and um, words of affirmation and all this kind of stuff. So every single person would pay me a lot of money, like thousands of dollars to teach them how to love themselves and they wouldn't show up mm-hmm. and, and they just ghost me. And not only was I freaking out about, Oh my God, they're going to wake up there. I'm going to wake up to have all this emails saying, give me my money back. I didn't get what you told me I was going to do, but I'm, but I didn't get to do 
what I was contracted to do, what our agreement was. And that was so hard for me. And it kept on happening over and over right. and over. And it, I mean, when I'm looking back at it, it was such a blessing because I was literally, the universe was supporting me Getting so that I could heal, heal and like also receive money, which was wild at the time and really, really challenging. So I don't even know why I started telling the story, but really the the reality is, is that when I- it's your journey to self-love. Yeah, my journey to, yes, my journey to self-love. So now I'm at this place where, let's see, two months ago, or no, at the beginning of the year, I decided that I was no longer going to be a self-love coach. I said, I'm no longer going to take on clients. And I went to my husband and I was like, I'm not sure how I'm going to bring in money, but I know that I have to, you know, this is a dual income household. We can't survive on your income alone. I get that. And I just kind of released, released everything, released the control, released the the fear of the unknown and just stepped in because I knew that that was the key to my healing. And the second that I released being an authority in self-love, my skin started clearing in a way that I had never seen before. And I started being able to sleep at night. I started feeling like myself again. So you got to this place where you were like, I'm going to take the pressure off myself and just allow what comes and allow what goes. Yes. It was really scary though, because I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. Right. And just like clockwork, two days before or three days before rent, like something would come through. What and it's it's like randomly like a friend would be like, hey, can you help me like build this my membership site? And I'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, we want to pay you. And I'm like, oh, friends paying me to do things. That's new, you know. Yeah. Um, or I would or I met this, I ordered this, this is a really interesting story. I ordered this reset. I was really intrigued by it. I, I It was this beautiful packaging and I really wanted to try it out. And I wanted my body, I'd put on is this like- like a juice cleanse or like No, it, so it's, it's, it's called this cleanse. It's by this company called Chroma Wellness. They're okay. a new company. And uh, it's a five-day f- functional nutrition reset. And they actually work with Dr. Will Cole to, um, you know, create this program. And essentially it's all, it comes in these little sachets and you add water or steamed almond milk uh, to all of the things that are all dehydrated. It's really, really good. And I ordered it and it came to me and the product was just like defective. It, I'm... I grew up in the food industry and my dad is in the wholesale um, spice industry. So like I know what's important about products. And when it came to me, I was just like, oh no, this is off. And I ended up sending them an email and then DM. And then the CEO gets in touch with me and she's just like, hey, Paul, like, I'm so sorry this happened. We'd love to send you one. You know, we're going to refund your money and send you a new one, all this stuff. And so I found out that she lives in, San Diego and I end up going to her house and we were talking for two wow, hours. Wow, no way. Yeah. We were talking for two hours and I'm just like kind of just sharing all my things that I, I'm doing. She's like, I want to hire you to help us with social media. So a week or two later, I'm working with them doing social media. Wow. All because I got a defective product. And this um, this really helped me financially. 
And also it allowed me to fully step away from coaching. And the interesting thing when I stepped away from all this stuff was when like things started really like blowing up. Like that's when my TikTok went from like 20,000 to 100,000. That's when my podcast downloads almost doubled overnight. Wow. And, and I'm thinking, okay, relieve, releasing the pressure of this having to be a funnel for me to make money is what's allowing me to actually make money uh, from it. Isn't that crazy how that happens sometimes? Yeah. But for anybody out there listening, I think there, there are so many things that we force like, why do we do that firstly? Because I guess we just added necessity or need, but it is really interesting. I feel like there's so many times in my life. I feel like as well, where if you take the pressure off, you succeed far and beyond more. Mm -hmm. And I guess one of the biggest examples I can think of is, uh, I worked on, when I started working at SoulCycle, I was working on the front desk and I didn't really have a desire to become a soul cycle instructor. It wasn't on my vision board. I wasn't like dreaming of being on, on the podium, you know, quite, I was, I was in LA because I wanted to be a TV host on like e-news. That's what I wanted to do. And it was like all I thought about, all I focused on whatever. And so I was like, I guess it kind of dawned on me. They were, well, they were going to do their first training ever in Los Angeles. It was always in New York. So, and it was going to be a shortened three week program. So I was like, oh, well, that sounds great. And I was like, you know what? I could probably make more money being a soul cycle instructor um, and still be able to get, go to all of my auditions and have a flexible schedule. And this sounds like a better, a better gig than working on the front desk and spraying shoes and wiping down bikes. Mm -hmm. So while I did love that job though, because you meet so many incredible people. Uh, but I remember, you know, most people, I remember as a front desk person, I would talk to a lot of people who wanted to become an instructor, right? Because they would ride all the time and they would come into the studio and they were obsessive a lot of times for lack of really any, a, a better word. And they dreamt about it and they lived, eat, slept, breathed it the same way that I did about being a TV host, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, and so, you know, there was a different air about them, I guess. And so for me, I didn't really care that much. I didn't really want it that badly. So the day of, I decided on a whim that I would do the audition and I was like, okay, let me just jump in there. Like whatever. And it really wasn't a big deal to me. I just mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't put a lot of stock into it because if I got it, that was fine. And if I didn't get it, guess what? That was fine too. And turns out I end up getting the audition. Obviously the rest is history. Um, and then, you know, once I started training, I was like, wow, this basically is TV hosting. Uh, but bonus, I get to help people. Uh, and nothing in my life ever felt more right. But the, the point of that story is that in hindsight, looking back, I think about had I known that I would love it as much as I do before I went into that audition, I probably would have bombed. Mm -hmm. I probably would have been done terribly. Mm -hmm. So it's just really interesting. I think when we just kind of take the pressure off of ourselves and just allow what comes sometimes, most of the time, I would say the right things just tend to find us. Yeah. And it seems like this just really just kind of like, it, you know, some would say landed in your lap, but it's more so like, you know, it's manifestation at its finest. Like you were opening yourself up to different avenues, different possibilities, mm -hmm. and then look what found you. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I was like, I'm not a coach anymore. And then a week later, I was at a dinner party and this girl was like, you're a business coach, aren't you? And I was just like, well, I mean, like I can coach you in really anything. That's my, I can like, whatever you need help with, let's do this because it's all life coaching. It's all, it's not your, there's nothing wrong with your business. There's something right. wrong with you. And, right. and, and I didn't say that to her, of course, but she, I was like, yeah, I'll help you with branding. Let's make your website look really cute. Let's do that. 
And she was like, you're the business coach I've been looking for. And I was just like, like, am I? Am I? Oh, really? Okay, (laughs) great. And then, you know, we're we're working together now. And it's, it's really just a blessing to experience those things Mm -hmm. and also releasing control, releasing control. I'll say it one more time, releasing control because we try and control all these things. And really there's the only thing I can control is how I'm responding to things. And that's like a big, big, big thing I'm working on right now is stepping away from being so reactionary because that is a trauma response that is I was always just as a little boy made fun of, made wrong, blame, shame, all the things by my mom in a certain way and my dad in a very different way, but they both made me wrong because I was in a bigger body and it's just like, you know, I'm 37 and my parents were just of the era where, you know, thin is thin is right and anything different from that is uncomfortable and bad. And Oh, you're going to sit, you're going to get sick and you're going to die and you're going to be 500 pounds and it's just like... No, I was just like a little hefty kid, you know, and I have a bigger body. So that like living with that pain and seeing the only way to keep me safe was either to like you play small or get super defensive and think of all the reasons why someone's going to make me wrong before I actually was made wrong so that I could justify or defend myself. Mm -hmm. That was, that's been like the journey as of now, like breathing. You know, just like noticing that I'm holding my breath at times and especially with this, um, the skin stuff, like if I get itchy, I notice that I'm holding my breath. I just take a deep breath. It kind of relieves the itch, mm-hmm. man. It's just like, life is such like a journey. It's such a teacher and it can be so fun. Like, yes, this year was the hardest year of my life. Like not o- like not only did I go through the skin stuff, but like the skin stuff because of the financial burden that it put placed on my relationship. Like my relationship barely made it through. My family also had this in- massive explosion and implosion in in my immediate family that, like to this day, has changed the dynamic of the my mom, dad, and my brother and sister and I. So there's so much that's happened, but I'm sitting here and it's just like, I'm walking down the street and walking to a store. And this woman is like, well, aren't you just a ray of sunshine? And I'm like, yes, I am. I am. And, and that the energy that I exude, I get that all the time. Like your energy is so calming. It's so peaceful, but it makes me so excited to be around you. And just believing the things that people say about us mm. is, is hard. That is so, 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 it is very difficult for us to receive compliments. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that earlier, I can't remember what I said to you, but I gave you a compliment and you said, I received that. <laughs> and I loved when you said that and immediately triggered something in my brain because it is, it's so true. We don't receive compliments. Like when someone says like, oh, I love your shirt, you'll say like, oh, I got it on sale. Or you'll say, you know, I love your hair today. It looks so great. And we'll immediately come back with like, oh my God, it's so dirty. I really need to wash it. Mm -hmm. And we'll make up or we'll say something because we just have such a difficult time receiving compliments (laughs) about ourselves. As if it's a (laughs) negative thing to just agree with someone and be like, yeah, you know what? You're right. My hair does look good today. It's so (laughs) funny because when um, that happens, I 10 out of 10, like say, like I receive, it catches people off guard and they're really uncomfortable. With it. Another thing, like those are my favorite things to say. Thank you, I receive. Especially when someone says, "Let me buy you coffee" or "Let me pay for dinner." I'm like, "Thank you, I receive." And they're expecting me to be like, "No, no, no, I let's split this." 
girl, do not offer to do something for me if you're not so going to do it. When, back when I worked, because um, we talked about this, on, uh, we did a pod swap here. We've already had a whole conversation, but you know, back, my listeners know I used to work at Hooters. So back when I did work at Hooters, this is when I worked at Hooters in Los Angeles, there was a guy and he had been displaced. He was um, in, uh, he lived in New Orleans when Katrina hit mm. and they were kind of like taking people out by the busloads. And so he ended up randomly in LA, his whole family, and he was displaced. And I remember, I think he had offered, he would come in there all the time. He was just like one of the regulars. He was just always in there. And he said something to me that's really stuck with me all of my life, which is if someone offers to bless you, always receive the blessing. Mm. And I was like, because I think he offered to buy me dinner or whatever it was. And so I have that rule of thumb too. If someone says like, can I, I want to do X, Y, or Z for you, or I got you this, or I, I want to buy you dinner. I just receive the blessing Mm. because who are we? to block blessings, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever someone wants to gift you, like, it's okay to receive that. It's okay to say like, okay, I'll, yes, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from someone who, you know, he was very prideful, um, a very prideful man who, you know, lost everything in Katrina. And like I said, was displaced and moved all the way across the country. So it was a lesson that he had to learn because for the first time ever in his life, like he needed help. His family needed help. He lost everything. And so, you know, whatever you choose to believe in, whomever your God or universe or whatever, you know, he's like, you know, God was blessing me. And who am I to say? I'm going to, I'm going to refuse your blessing. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I think also it's sent, we're sending out like messages to the universe all the time. So if someone wants to give you something or the universe, the universe quite literally is giving you something, you know, you should receive it because then you're just, that's, that's like law of attraction or abundance or what have you. Right. It's like then more things, you know, channel and funnel in, I think. Uh, listen, you nailed that. And I'm really here for that. And I think that uh, I made a video and posted it to TikTok all about this that like, and it, it went a little viral and people were just like, this is really hard for me to understand. And I said, if you are having trouble getting what you want, it's because you're not willing to receive it. And people were like, no, 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 that's not true. And I'm like, sit with it for a moment and see how that resonates. If you are having trouble finding a relationship, a job, Like, let's talk about your relationship with receiving, like your willingness to receive. And also you have to be comfortable in the unknown. You have to be comfortable in the unknown to step into the known. You have to be comfortable single to be comfortable in relationship. You have to be comfortable in lack to be comfortable in abundance because it's the duality of life. You have to be Mm -hmm. comfortable in that feeling of self-loathing to really appreciate and experience self-love. And that's just the journey in life. And, 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 you know, I was talking to my therapist and I said, gosh, I just wish that like there could be a little bit more joy in my life. I, I don't like that joy isn't like the emotion that I'm always experiencing. And she said, you know, I hate to like take it back to a Disney Pixar movie, but inside out, you know, they have all these different emotions. And if you haven't seen this, the, the animated film, it's really, really great and educational for us adults. And, there's the character of joy. If sadness didn't and fear didn't exist, joy wouldn't be as beautiful as joyful, as joyful right? And, and that's just really the journey of anything. It's like 
oh, if I didn't hit rock bottom, I wouldn't know how good I feel right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't wish the rock bottom that I experienced on anyone, but man, it's gotten me to this place where I just can't shake this. People still want me to talk about it on podcasts. People still want, people still are really interested in what I'm saying. So I know that it was just like a, a hiccup in my journey to really this thought leadership and really loving myself. But you know, this past weekend, I was I was sitting in a circle of people that I really deeply love, just crying to them, being like, thank you for showing me how to love me because of how you love me, mm-hmm. because I struggle loving myself. And I think it's finding people who truly love you for you mm-hmm. and, and, and are giving you the compliments that you get to receive or giving you the blessings that you're not going to block. And I just love, I just, I think that we just need to surround ourselves with those types of people, be open to being seen by people. I agree. I think also it's, it's not strange to me. I think in the sense that you struggle with self-love, because I think so often, so many of us are really, really, really good at giving advice to others, but so, so, so hard are not good at, not so hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Let me try and get this out here. They're not as skilled at giving that same advice to themselves, Mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Um, Do you know what I mean? And so I I find myself in in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. doing that. You know, some of the things that I'll tell, you know, talk about in my soul cycle rooms, I'm like, well, Victoria, you better take your own advice here. And I find myself struggling with those things or the things that I'm able to write about on Instagram or the things I'm able to talk about. And it's like, I can give this so freely, but why is it so difficult for me to take sometimes? And it is. And I don't think that that's strange at all. I think a lot of people really struggle with that. So I think it's important to not be hard on ourselves when we struggle with sometimes the one thing that we're so good at giving to other people. Mm. And that's an act of self-love. Yeah, in itself. And and really, it always comes back to my personal definition of self-love. You know, when people ask me what that means, it's like the first word self is the individual and the last word is devotion. So when you're operating from a place of self-love, you're operating from a place of devotion to your individuality. What makes you, you, you said this very eloquently on my show that the, the gifts that you have, you show up with those, you use those gifts. I think that it's an active disservice to the world if you are unwilling to show up with your gifts. And if my gift is just being messy in this journey to self-love and sharing it on the internet and showing that like, yeah, relationships are hard, dating is tough you know, loving yourself is challenging. Being a human is hashtag a struggle bus. A lot of times, like it's like normalize that normalize, not being perfect, you know, normalize just living your life and saying, I am a human. I'm going to make mistakes. I think a lot of people are scared to be seen as making mistakes, but I also feel like that whole construct is crumbling. right? Right. You know, as like, we, there are people who are really holding on to that like idea of, you know, I wanted to go back to the way it was before COVID. I wanted to go back to the way it was, you know, before 2000. I want to go before whoever Trump was president. I don't know. You know, I wanted. And the thing is, is that that's just living in the past. And what I know to be true about the timeline that is our life, living in the past, just giving your power away oh, to, totally. to things that have already happened. So how can we be present because the future doesn't matter. The past doesn't matter. It's this moment right here and now. 
Mm-hmm. And we're just so conditioned to look forward to things, look forward to the vacation, to the to the new job, to the new pair of shoes, to the, I just ordered something on Amazon. It's going to be here in 48 hours. Oh my gosh, I can't wait till it gets here. And the second it gets here, it's just like, what do I need next? Right. And how do we slow that down and realize that in all of that craving and wanting and looking forward to, we're actually neglecting what's happening right here and now, mm-hmm. which is life. Present tense is the life. Everything else is not life. Because if we're always in the future or if we're always in the past, then yeah, what happens to the moment that we're in right now? Yeah. And it's so it much gets lost. It's so much easier said than done, Victoria. Like these are things that like someone hearing this for the first time, by them allowing me to exist as a human who believes this wholeheartedly and also struggles with this wholeheartedly, they might have to rewrite the entire understanding of what it means to be a human. So by me just saying, hey, it's time to act present, that might be something that they've never done before and we're taught the complete opposite. Right, so it's that, uncomfortable yeah. to be here now. So it's just like now, or, you know, I also it's like living as like a member of the LGBTQIA plus community, like me experiencing my life as a gay man. Some people who just don't believe that that is truth or right me just existing is challenging their core belief system. Right. So therefore, me being in front of people saying like, yes, I can teach heterosexual people how to be in relationship. Yes, I can teach talk to straight men about how to speak to women. Yes, I can do these things. It's helping people rewrite their understanding of what it means to be a human and rewrite what it means to experience life in community because what we've lost is community is the understanding that you existing as you are and me existing as I am is exactly as it's meant to be. And if we were all the same, A, it would be so fucking boring. Yeah. And B, we wouldn't be able to learn anything. And it's like, if anything you're hearing today makes you uncomfortable, great. Sit with that. (laughs) Sit in the discomfort. It's a good place to be. Yeah. Because you're going to learn a lot about yourself because the the discomfort is your is something that's triggered you and your triggers can be your teachers. I love that. All right. So one last question for you. Mm. If you could give, or what's the best piece of advice that you could give your younger self? Younger Paul, what would you tell him? Oh, what would I tell younger Paul? Don't wait until the last year you lived in New York to come out. <laughs> okay great i love it yeah there are all the other things that i said on this podcast but like that right as we're sitting in new york and i'm looking out it's just like i wasted so much time in this amazing city of my 20s mm-hmm. not experiencing it as my most authentic self yeah ah so whoever you are wherever you are just being exactly who it is that you are and giving yourself permission to do that and not wait mm-hmm. to step into that part that mm-hmm. that version of you because yeah Later means never. Yeah. Well, it's okay. You can you can always move back to New York and do a second go at yeah, it. You know? It's here. We're yeah, here we'll for see. you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for receiving me. <laughs> um, well, I want to thank you so much for being on and then being my first ever in-person guest. Mm-hmm. Um, you are such a light and such a joy. And I'm so, so grateful that I got to meet you. Mm, thank you for having me, Victoria. <laughs>